Welcome to This Academic Life, episode 43. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Hi, my name is Kim Michelle Lewis. I'm an Associate Dean of Research and Professor of Physics. Hi, I'm Pani Anuel. I'm an Assistant Professor of Mechanical Engineering. Hi, my name is Lucy Zhang. I am also a professor of mechanical engineering. The Nobel Prize winners of 2022 was just announced. We thought it would be fun to dedicate this episode to talk about where Nobel Prize came from and what are the fun facts that we can learn. So we dug out some literature and online resources and we found that Nobel Prize actually originated from Alfred Nobel. Nobel was an inventor, entrepreneur, scientist, and a businessman, as well as a writer. He is most famously known for the invention of dynamite. Nobel established a whale in 1895, a year before he died, to award those who during the preceding year have conferred the greatest benefit to humankind. In his will, he bequeathed all of his remaining realizable assets to be used to establish five prizes, which became known as Nobel Prizes. Nobel Prizes were first awarded in 1901. What are the categories of these Nobel Prize? When Nobel died, he left most of his fortune to establish these prizes, reflecting each of his interests. These categories are physics, chemistry, physiology or medicine, literature, and peace. There is also the prize in economic sciences, created in 1968 with a donation from a Swedish central bank. So does anyone know how the nomination process works? I know a little bit about it through research. So typically, Nobel Prize Committee, they start receiving nominations in September, and it closes in February. Then February and March, they look and they provide a short list. Then March through August, they have an advisor review. And in October, they announce the winners. And in December is the time that they receive their prize. So it takes almost the entire year to go through the whole nomination and selection process. So apparently it varies from category to category. For most of the science-based one, the former recipient of a Nobel Prize or a current member of the committee or a full professors from specific universities, they can nominate candidates. For the piece is different because it was later added on and there are other people that they are qualified to make the nominations. That's interesting. So self-nomination is not a thing here? Unfortunately not. <laughs> not even 
all university professors are qualified to nominate others. So it's a very small group of people that are allowed to nominate people in physics, chemistry, category, and medicines, and, and for peace. You better know some influential people <laughs> to nominate you. I was just following up on what Kim was saying, the categories. Where's the engineering here? Well, I don't think we'll ever get there. <laughs> they never will create one for engineering. We need to become more visible to physicists and chemists. <laughs> and maybe team up with them. <laughs> We're followers. Engineers are followers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so another interesting thing is Nobel Prize is actually comes with money. So the money, of course, uh, came from the wealth that was invested into the funds and what the winners get are the interests that were yield coming from the prize money that was invested so as of last year the prize money is worth 10 million krona which is a new unit uh, that i just learned so that's worth about nine hundred thousand dollars in u.s dollars so what's the age range of these nobel prize winners Typically, the average age is about 60. However, the youngest recipient of the Nobel Prize was to a Pakistani human rights advocate, Malala Yousafzai, who won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2014 at the age of 17. The second youngest winner to date is Sir William Lawrence Bragg, who won the prize in physics in 1915 at the age of 25. And lastly, the oldest winner was John B. Goodenough. He was 97 and he won it in the area of chemistry. So besides the funds that the winners receive, what does the actual medal look like? Oh, it's so beautiful. I've seen just a picture. <laughs> so it's actually 2.6 inch in diameter. I don't know the thickness, but I know that it's made of 18 karat gold and it weighs about one third of a pound. Maybe we can do back calculations. That's where the engineering degree helps <laughs> to figure out the thickness. But some over the years have been sold and they've been sold between 500 to 1 million US dollar. But in 2014, James Watson auctioned his off for $4.7 million. And the Russian billionaire who bought it, he returned it later. Did he get his money back? With the interest. With <laughs> interest. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, too much fun here. Anything else? Are there any other like fun stuff related to Nobel Prize? I found one thing that's interesting that I didn't know about it, that they keep this nomination things as a secret for 50 years. I don't know about you guys, but I found it that another requirement to be part of the Nobel Prize Committee is that you can keep your mouth shut for 50 years. That's a long time. Wait, that's assuming that the nominee would not be winning in the following years? Like say, if this person got nominated this year, but didn't get it, and next year, the same nominee did win, is that still a secret? 
that, that know that even that. even when they get it the award they keep the nomination as a secret for 50 years at the time of the awards being announced. So I don't know if you don't get it, but you've been nominated. Maybe they don't keep it as a secret. I don't know. I think it's interesting because there are some awards where if you were nominated, they consider that something important and you write it on your resume that you were nominated for this particular thing. So it's interesting that this is kept a secret and it's not even considered an honor to have been nominated. So, but I guess it's likely because of political reasons, maybe that you keep it a secret, but I, is, I have a question, maybe one of you know, but is there an appeal process? I don't think so because I've heard about so many people being pissed that they didn't get the Nobel Prize this year. So who knows? Maybe that's the reason they keep it as a secret. The nomination process is a secret. Does that mean that the nominees themselves also don't know that they got nominated or not? Yeah, I heard most of the time they get this calls like you know, one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. But when I saw the pictures, recent awardees, I saw the cameraman, the news people, they were by their house. So I'm guessing they had some clue. They were just waiting for that one o'clock phone call. They may know, but I don't know. Another fun fact is that the Curie family that dates back in the early 1900s, uh, the Curie family actually have outdone themselves compared to all the other winners. This entire family, we, we know that Marie Curie won the Physics Nobel Prize in 1903 and together with her husband in chemistry in 1911. And then Marie's daughter, Irene, and the daughter's husband, Frederick, <laughs> Joliet Curie, all won the physics prize in 1935. And Marie's son's-in-law, Henry Richardson Labouchi, also won a Nobel Peace Prize. So this entire family within the span of about 50, 60 years, won a total of six Nobel Prize. That's my excuse for not getting a Nobel Prize. I don't belong to that family. <laughs> they own it. Have you guys seen the, uh, the recent radioactive uh, film? It's about their life. And I think it's a very well done movie. And it's so impressive how hard the whole family worked and they really earned it. It wasn't just because Marie, they were related. It's, it's fascinating. Extraordinary. Do we know how many awards have been given out so far for the Nobel Prizes? So Nobel Prizes have been awarded to individuals 959 times and organizations 30 times between 1901 and 2022. Of this number, 92 were for economic sciences and a small number of individuals and organizations have been honored more than once, which means that Roughly 954 unique individuals and 27 unique organizations have received the Nobel Prize in total.
I had no idea organizations can win Nobel Prize too. Oh. Yeah, I think that's the only case that you can have more than three members get Nobel Prize. The maximum number is three. So how is the U.S. doing among all the winners? Obviously, we are number one. Yeah, so, so it's actually fascinating to see that U.S. so far they got 260 of this Nobel Prize. And it follows by UK, Germany, France, and Sweden. And there are many other, other countries down the list too. But so it, it's the, when they say that USA is a land of opportunity, I guess the number of the Nobel Prize winners is showing that. Are the US ones mostly individuals or are they institutes? Or maybe they're coming from, individuals coming from different institutions. I think that's the case because if we look at the top universities that they've been awarded, Harvard is number one with 116 individuals. Berkeley is number two with 110. University of Chicago with 100. MIT with 97. And Columbia University with 96. So most of these in United States are individuals earning Nobel Prize. And that's the total in all categories, right? Not just in science or in yes, economics. Yes, that's correct. Yep. Wow, fascinating. We're at the wrong place, the wrong institutes. <laughs> but right country. <laughs> so I was just thinking while we're doing the research, scientists say in physics or in chemistry categories, I never knew these people until they actually became the winners. But there are categories like the Peace Prize. We know the people. So I dug out some well-known people in the most recent years. We know that Barack Obama won the Peace Prize and Al Gore about 10, 12 years before that won the Peace Prize. And then others like, you know, certainly Albert Einstein, we all know Mother Teresa, but I didn't really know the scientists before they became winners. <laughs> because they are working hard in the lab. So that's, that's why we, we don't see them. Do we know how many years typically after they have this groundbreaking findings or research papers, do they actually get nominated or recognized for a nomination? Yeah, they said that actually they take a minimum one decade after their breakthrough that people, they start recognizing them or nominating them. As Kim mentioned, in the case of the oldest Nobel Prize winner, he was 97 when he got it, but his work was published, like they said, a couple of decades ago. Just don't wait for it. <laughs> and have patience, lots of patience. Wouldn't it be, I shouldn't say funny, but hmm, interesting if let's say someone was nominated, but they didn't get it and then they die. And so then in their will, during the reading of their will, they like tell everybody that was actually nominated. <laughs> The only thing in my will is I just want to let everyone know who's listening that I was actually nominated. For the, <laughs> for the, 
That will be hilarious. <laughs> so we better none of us die and we'll get this Nobel Prize while we are all alive. <laughs> we can partner, we can have like maximum three is acceptable. No more than three people, they can get the Nobel Prize. Each of us share would be 333,000 or so. It's enough to buy a new car or <laughs> buy Wait, a new why car. Is it, why is three a limit? Is that a limit? Yeah. So if they are getting it as an individual, they cannot have more than three. And that's actually, they said some of the rules about winning Nobel Prize, if you are forming a team, make sure your team has two other people maximum you don't want to have three other people because you are ruining your chance of getting nobel prize so we we're are... golden right now golden. Yeah, golden so don't bring any more bodies here i don't want to ruin my chance yeah but i'm serious yeah that's the rule that's interesting well i did read about this year's uh, physics winners it was very interesting. They actually worked on the same problem at different segment of periods on the same problem. So the first ones sort of developed a theory on the quantum mechanics. And then the second one basically started establishing a, an experiment to verify it. So that was like 20 years later. And then the third one followed up. Uh, another 10, 20 years later. So they all three, I don't know if they know each other. I, maybe they all know each other. They kind of communicated and, and decided that this is worth pursuing. They kind of had a under the table communication and said, if you do this, this would work. I think knowledge passed on in this case, rather than three people got together at the very beginning to establish something from scratch. So we actually found a an article that's called the 10 simple rules to win a Nobel prize. So I'm going to read the list off. The first rule number one, never start your career by aiming for a Nobel prize. Number two, hope that your experiments fail occasionally. <laughs> number three, collaborate with other scientists, but never with more than two other people. Number four, to increase your odds of winning, be sure to pick your family carefully. Number five, work in the laboratory of a previous Nobel Prize winner. The problem is that they are never there. That's the problem. Or they could be dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder if they should modify. Oh, but you know what? Maybe this qualified. What if you worked literally in the physical space of the lab of the person who won the Nobel Prize? So like when you go to negotiate for your assistant professorship and, and you know, like if you go to one of the schools that we named earlier that have Nobel Prize winners all over the place, then the goal is to try to get their old lab. When you go on a visit, you'd be like, oh, okay, who's lab? Oh, do your history, do your talk, and, and you just, you know, that's the lab you want, and you don't tell anybody. Number six, even better than rule number five, try to work in the laboratory of a future Nobel Prize winner. Number seven, 
Always design and execute your best experiments at a time when your luck is running high. Actually, honestly, they interviewed a bunch of Nobel Prize winners and they asked them, what was the key to your success? All of them unanimously, they say, luck. Being in the right place at the right time. Number eight, never plan your life around winning a Nobel Prize. That's the same feeling I had around getting tenure. Don't plan your life around getting tenure. All right, number nine, always be nice to Swedish scientists. Guess what, ladies? Next summer, we are all going to Sweden <laughs> to make some friends. <laughs> number 10, study biology. Well, I would say this is you know, fantastic learning experience for me. We dug out so much stuff uh, by doing this episode. I hope our listeners are having as much as fun as we did. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. You can follow us on Facebook and listen to our latest episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts. If you're interested in being a sponsor, then please contact us at sponsor at thisacademiclife.org. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly of this academic life.